Blog Talk Radio. On the mountain, in the valley, I held only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flame. I beheld only God. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara, and unfortunately I don't have Brian on the other line. Uh, I did just try to call him with no success. Uh, Normally we would communicate, um, so I want to send good wishes to him wherever he is, and I hope that you will join me in doing that, wishing him safety. Security, prosperity, happiness, love, and companionship. The parts are so important to peace. However, everyone gets to define their own sense of me. I've been kind of working with that myself lately, and that is what our topic is about today, milling around peace. How do you define That's going to be our topic today, and our call-in number is 646-595-3584. I hope some people call in and talk about what peace means to them, how often you feel it, what are you doing to help get you there, to be at peace. I am, uh, excuse me, I am so congested. Uh, I'm normally better at peace when I'm not congested. We've had a lot of winds here. And the winds seem to blow up something. I don't know what. And so if I cough or I clear my voice, forgive me. This is live. I do have the capability to cut things out, but I don't know how. So we're living with the life part here now. Uh, welcome. Welcome for this appointment with God. That everything went well for all of you with the 4th of July yesterday. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in our lives. Let's take the last few minutes of Be Still Thy Soul, or last minute, perhaps, a few seconds, and just listen to the work. I recognize that the words are not easily understood, and I probably should have uh, researched them on the Internet before uh, we began the program today. Let me share with you that um, why that 
particular pieces here at all. And some of you have heard this before, and forgive me for being redundant. One of the things that I've recognized um, about um, the radio, and I've recognized it to be about life, and as I've written my book and other books, I've, I've written all my books, uh, I, I've come to know that uh, to, there aren't a lot of new words out there. You know, everybody's saying, um, saying exactly, exactly the um, same words or same concepts, same ideas in different words. It's just happening over and over and over again. And uh, it, it interests me because um, I think that so many of us um, think that we have to say something that I'm, I'm typing and talking, to, trying to look for that. Uh, be still thy soul. So many of us think that we have to come up with, with new ideas, new concepts, and yet maybe that might be why so many of us are afraid and shut down and don't continue the programs, don't continue to move out in life, because love is really simple. It's the simplest thing that we do. It's the most natural things that we do. And and we um, for complication and and our value if we um, if we have to have millions of people listening and uh, we have to uh, be on the cutting edge of new ideas that's very difficult to do my friends when we are basically totally talking about age-old wisdom, age-old wisdom, that's it. Nothing but wisdom that has been around for a while, a long time. So there's nothing new about what we're saying. And because there's nothing new, that makes it complicated. It makes us want to uh, kind of have the razzmatazz. And when I was a kid growing up, the razzmatazz was in the tent. You know, um, the summer revival meetings where people were marching up to the altar and they were just full of the spirit. And I marched myself. I felt the spirit in those rooms. While people fainting around me, I was aghast. It frightened me. I was little when I started marching up to the altar. You know, I could barely so my grandma was a real revivalist kind of woman, and I joined her. You know, I mean, by two, she had me singing in the choir. Can you imagine? Jesus loves me. That's what I could sing really good at, at two years old. But anyway, I would march up to the altar with everyone, and I felt the vibrancy, the spirit of love in the room. But it wasn't interpreted as love, my friend. No. It was interpreted as fear. Uh, domination, uh, releasing your money. <laughs> I, I mean, laughed a little on that one. But it, it wasn't just love your neighbors as you love yourself. It was don't think about yourself, think about others, which cre has created this kind of distorted picture 
that we have because we walk around with this negative shame going on in people who have dared to, to love themselves. And and feeling guilty, and because that's everybody, everybody at times does things for themselves, there's a guilt. And yet there's a pure and absolute recognition of each and every one of us as human beings. Love others as you would love yourself. Starting off first with loving yourself. So it's okay. And then the admission, love others. And that, to me, is what love is all about. Love others as you would love yourself. So many times when I say to people, well, how would you want to be treated? The response back is so human. The response back, I want to say that again, is so human. I would never be in that situation. It is laden with judgment, laden with fear. My gosh, if I were in that situation right now at this time, I would be rejected by God. That's not the heaven route. That's not the heaven sent glorious route. That's not where I would be. And that makes it okay to judge those who are not there. My friends, any one of us at any time can find ourselves in a spot we didn't expect to be in order to have the lessons of rising up from that spot as our divine selves. So what do we do? Love is about treating people the way you would want to be treated if you were standing there in their shoes. That's not complicated. That's not sophisticated, and that's not razzmatazz. I don't know what to do. On some Sunday, I wake up and I think, oh, my gosh, here I am, a person with feet of clay, coming out to talk to people about desiring to be all they can be, and I will see this dirge. And I use that word because it sounds like a funeral. There are things I've buried, but obviously not fully. My things aren't six feet below my ground below the ground. I'll see the times when I reached out to Eric, to um, my former boyfriend's uh, sister, and the, I almost said her name on the air, excuse me, but I, I would reach out and I would talk negatively about him. Oh my gosh. Would I want to be the person there having someone talk negatively about my brothers? God knows someone could talk negatively about them, no doubt about it, but I would to be that person? No. And if I was that person and someone was talking negatively about them, how would I want myself to respond back to the person who's talking negatively? You are now talking about a situation that neither one of you have control over. Someone else's behavior. And yet we give up our peace for that. So here I am before you today, my friends, a person with feet of clay. I am not a saint. I have not always remembered how other people are feeling by putting myself in their shoes. I am not the most dynamic speaker. I don't make people faint and I don't have a call to the altar here on the on the internet, although I guess they may judge our call to the altar by the people who call in. But the reality is, if you call in 
can I tell you about yourself without ever having seen and touched you? Yes. I have lived life as a heightened six sensor. I have always been a heightened six sensor. I started speaking at three weeks old, and that's not to say, wow, look at me. That's to say, look at God. I was here as a messenger. I am a messenger, but the reality is I'm no different than any of you. I've made the same life choices. I've made good ones and I am not perfect. And yet I can say to you right now today that if you reach out your hand, your dominant hand, which I am inviting each and every one of you to do, God will take your hand. You will hold the hand of love. Because that's what God is, love. It's simple. It's not complex. It's good. It feels good. It's the best words in us. It's the most fundamentally caring aspect of us that we deny and and we put aside because of fear there is not enough. And what are we afraid there is not enough? The one thing that there is an infinite commodity of love. There is enough love. Now, in the midst of all of this chitter-chatter from me, without Brian here, we you're going to hear a lot of my voice today, probably always do it. That's one of my downsides, I think. I've got a lot to say, and I, I say it. But I'm going to play just the, the Be Still Thy Soul again. And this time, if I can get in the right place, I, I have to listen for a second. I'm going to also... Uh, say the lyrics for you. We'll only go through it one time, but I want you to hear those lyrics. I start this show deliberately with this because this sh- this song with two others was part of the firing of the grid. And those of you who want to know about the firing of the grid, go on the internet. I know we're all capable of doing that because we're listening to each other doing it. Go on the internet, put in fire the grid. It occurred about two years ago. Uh, my youngest grandson actually was here with me when we did it. We got up in our time zone at four in the morning. Everybody was getting up at their time zones all around the world so that we all at precisely the same moment could join our spirits together and fire the grid of love. Remind people. I think historically, mythologically, uh, by the way, I'm not saying that as though the times did not exist. I think that's something that's referred to as uh, many times the ark. We're moving to reignite that, that energy left from a time long ago that inspires people to be love, that inspires those of us who are heightened six sensors to open all of our six senses. It inspires those who have not recognized their six senses to begin to see and believe in them. And it inspires all of us to set aside fear and walk in love together. So now sitting here today, holding the hand of love on one side, I want you to reach out and take the hand of someone else's perception of love of God. And let us form a circle, human love, human love, human love. And feel the energy begin to course through that circle. As for a few minutes, we sit and listen to the words of, Be still thy soul. I'll say them only once. But let us use that as our anthem today. Let us hold hands and know that each and every person is enough. 
think I've got it going. No, I need. Sorry, my switchboard skills at times are lacking. There we go. Now we go. this hold make thee again whole be still thy mind let thee unwind and seek out a shrine harvest the gold that's planted around you, strand by strand, you're somewhat more certain. Carve out your role and reach for the heaven. All you can dream, what you can be, know that the sky will deliver. thy heart with journeys of far in rivers of stars bestow thy love on all that ye touch on all that ye may hence let it be told that rhyme will be reason Paint your world with shades that will uplift you and break, break from old, shake off the illusion, never again lost in dismay, all that you need is within you. Be still thy soul and fix on soul, thy tale will be told, be still thy mind. Make thee one with source life. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm trying to. Brian is on the air. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Good morning Maya. How are you? I'm wonderful, and how are you? I am good. Uh, if I may just finish what I was saying, uh, then I will bring you in. I'm so glad you're well. We were sending you good wishes. We're now sitting here together in a circle, human God, each one of us holding our perception of God's hand with our dominant hand, in my case, my right hand. And I reached out my non-dominant hand, my left hand, and took the hand of the of someone who's listening so that we have a circle of human God human God and we've been talking about how the message that you and I deliver many times it doesn't feel sexy enough and I remember the revival meetings as a kid 
And the reason it doesn't feel sexy enough, and it feels like we're saying the same things over and over again, is because we are delivering such a message of love. And Mm -hmm. what we did this morning was we took a minute to listen to um, the lyrics of Be Still Thy Soul, so that against the music, so that we could all hear the challenge in that music that we use to start our show. So Mm -hmm. we're all at the same place now, and tell us, how are you? I'm wonderful. I uh, just woke up a little while ago. I thought I had my alarm set, but I guess I didn't. That's what love will do for to you. <laughs> Late <laughs> nights. <laughs> Late nights. <laughs> I'm so pleased you're wonderful. I was concerned when I hadn't heard from you that something was going on with you that wasn't good. And so this is good news. Um <clears throat> We've still been in the invocation, even though we're 20 minutes into the show, stage of the show today. So if you would like to, to begin with your piece, we would all enjoy having that. And once again, sitting in our circle, please invite us. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever he is wish- wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Wow. Wow. Such a reminder. Such a reminder, my friends, that um, we are all, we are all connected and we all have, have intuition, coincidences, synchronicity, whatever word you want to use, whatever the pop phrase is. We all have instincts that lead us in the right place. I, I will tell you just instinctively when I was reading the lyrics to be thy soul, I was feeling I needed to go back to the switchboard, but I couldn't read the lyrics on one page and go back to the switchboard. I, it, it was an impossibility for me. And when I came back, sure enough, exactly what I thought I would be waiting for me was. How often in your life do you kind of just walk back past those moments of peace, those moments of correctness, spirit that affirm your divinity how often do you not know what you really already know and that's what's interesting about program just Brian and mine and I want to tell you all for those who do not know Brian has a show radiate love without expectation I believe the last are the last words but it's radiate love And the words seem so easy to say, and yet in our human form, are so easy, so easy to live because of fear. We allow fear to dominate ourselves. And today, as as we're meditating 
being together, I want you to go back to that first moment of fear. And the first moment of fear is when you step into the world from your mother's womb as a living being. And suddenly you're no longer surrounded just by your mom's mom's energy and her love for you and caring for you, and I hope that's what you experienced. But instead you're surrounded by a cacophony of sound that is incomprehensible. People now, for some reason, think you need to cry as your first act of love. You're poked, you're prodded, they take your blood out of your heel, they put a Band-Aid on you without knowing whether your skin is sensitive, they put you under lights. We start this life in fear, and it's got a stranglehold on many, and that's what we're going to be talking about together is today is kneeling around peace. And Brian, I have been talking quite a bit because I was waiting for you. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the topic and then we'll move into, or if you would like, we can move into the meditation and then already sitting in the circle and then um, we can begin the conversation. You get to pick. Well, that sounds good. Why don't we go ahead and do a meditation, get ourselves centered, get ourselves ready to, to talk about the subject. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and add an, a half an hour to this show. Say that to me again. I'm going to add a half an hour to our show today. Oh, no. Go ahead. That would be fine. Go, no, go right ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. That, that made me scared, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm going, oh, my goodness. Okay. There we go. Now we've got one and four minutes remaining. So um, I'm going to use uh, a nice long piece for the uh, meditation. And let's use uh, meditation station. It's a very calming piece, a very peaceful piece. And um, we invite you all now as we're going to feel the spirit of love moving between our hands. And as it does, know that the, this invitation to reach out your hand to love is there 24-7. God is that big. It's that big. And your call to the altar, my friends, simply reach, reach out your hand and take the hand of God. When I was a little kid, we would sing in the church, uh, put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calmed the sea. I know that the sexist ladies don't care about it. Who cares what pronouns we use? We're talking about spirit here. It's all spirit, man and woman. And I'm not going to sing the rest because the rest implies there's only one place for peace. And there are many, many directions and paths that people can take to peace. And with that, Brian, I am putting on Meditation Station Pool of the Soul. Thank you. I'm so pleased you're well. I really am. Thank you, Maura. Let us take this time to get ourselves centered and to allow ourselves 
to fall into the arms of love, the arms of peace. So let's close our eyes and get ourselves into a position where we are able to be comfortable. Taking deep breaths into the nose and out of the nose. Into the nose and out of the nose. And as you continue to breathe, giving your awareness and your attention to your breath, I want to share with you now the importance of taking your time to get back into your center, to get back into the place of peace. When things happen in your life, not the way you plan, and if you find yourself being agitated or upset or concerned in any way, it is always beneficial to bring yourself back consciously to a place of peace that you can function in a beneficial way not only for yourself but for all those around you because peace breeds more peace and chaos breeds more chaos and what do you want to breed in this world what do you want to experience inside yourself. Whatever you're experiencing inside yourself, you are sharing with another. And in that sense, you could say you're witnessing to that other what it is that you value. So I ask you, which do you value more? Peace and love or fear and hatred. So as we begin to breathe, noticing our breath, just feeling it, becoming aware of it. Spending time with it. Feeling ourselves relaxed more and more with each inhalation and exhalation. And as we continue to breathe, relaxing more and more with each breath, we might find that our breathing becomes more natural 
and more easy. And our bodies become more relaxed and more peaceful. And as we find ourselves in this state, we can know that this is our natural state of being. And we didn't have to create this state of experience, of being. But rather, we are letting ourselves fall into the arms of this experience. And those arms are always there for us to fall into. And all we have to do is choose for peace, choose for love, and it will be there always. And so as we continue focusing on our breath, becoming more familiar feeling more at home with this place of being. The more we do so, the more we will have a desire to continue to do so. Because when you're home, you don't want to be anywhere else. There's no place like home. And home is where we are right now in this moment. And all we had to do was allow ourselves in. We were the ones holding ourselves back. The door is always there for us to open and enter. We just have to choose for peace. Choose for love. Choose to come back to our eternal home. Let us spend the next few moments in silence, just dwelling in this place, feeling what it feels like. this feeling 
I want you to slowly, slowly begin to open your eyes. And as you slowly open your eyes, notice that you still feel this peace and this love within you. And because you feel it within you, you feel it and see it all around you. So as you do this more and more in your life, you will notice and you will realize that the way you experience the world is the way that you experience yourself from the inside. So I encourage you once again to choose peace and choose it often. There's no place like home. So lovely. Why don't we, since we're sitting here circled together, why don't we send out peace to the world? Let's let's send peace. This feeling that we have around ourselves right now, release it from ourselves and believe that it is possible in the world that love is possible I think that most of us have heard if not been involved in very definite discussions about love not being possible that it not being the solution it is interesting that Right now, we're hearing our president, who clearly is a loving man, being chastised as weak for being loving, for being for striving for peace. It's scary. What will peace mean? Send love from your body release it into the universe imagine us in this circle creating a beautiful globe of iridescent light that's circling our planet and as we do let's breathe in all we are saying is give peace a chance. Just give peace a chance. And now manifest, send out a manifestation in your mind to what that means. No more food lines because there's no need for people 
to stand in line for food. No weapons. Because everyone's enough just as they are right where they are. No need to shoot and kill. No more MVP players and his girlfriend being shot. Don't you wonder how did he get to a place where there was a gun at all? What made that okay? No more glamorizing gangsta living. No more glamorizing hate. No more caring how someone worships, taking only joy that they do. No more judgment. No more need because there is enough. Sharing, sharing, sharing. Because we are safe. Those who step away from love. We embrace in love. beautiful globe of iridescent light is now spreading around the world, touching the hearts of our leaders. It's causing the trees and the grass and the mountains and the seas to sparkle the energy of our love. Knowing we are all enough just as we are, that we don't have to mill around peace and not invite it in, have the snatches of it, that we can actually create a lifetime of peace, a 24-7 experience, if we dare be brave enough. these thoughts as the song ends and know that you are enough to make a difference and you don't have to do it alone because God is waiting love is waiting to take your hand a lovely meditation, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you for your words. That was wonderful. And that reminded me of the song, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me. Yes. 
as we spend time in peace and radiate that out into the world. We welcome everyone else to join us in that place of peace. And that's how it starts. That's where it resides. It's from the inside out. And we must spend more conscious time, more conscious intent with inside our center, inside our place of peace, and spread it everywhere we go. Yes. Yes. We need to. We really, really need to. I feel a listener out there who has pain basically on their left side of their ch- or the right side of their chest excuse me right right at the breast area and I sense that they are so afraid that they want to believe what we're saying but they're so afraid of what life has dealt them that how could you know how can they really keep that feeling of peace that Brian elicited in them, in them, in her. And I think that it's, it's probably appropriate in talking about peace, as we've said so many Sundays, it, it has a lot to do with acceptance. And Sometimes when life gives us hardship, and I sense this listener has hardship right now, the hardship is there to challenge us to the next step. And it may not be a step that we would we had put in our game plan of life as a human being, but I guarantee the step is a step that you and God envisioned when you and God sat down and you decided to come back to this planet and be a human. Oh, I know that's a little bit hard to to, to believe. That kind of crosses against this person's religious beliefs to think that she is important enough to sit down with God Not only now, but then. And look at this video play out of the love that was coming ahead. And say yes. 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 I can take on this life. And even if X makes that choice, and I make this choice back, I will ultimately keep my eye on the ball. I will ultimately remember that I am loved by God. I will strive to be my highest self. Because, my friends, when it comes down to it, peace comes from our highest selves. And when you're faced with a choice, it's generally high and not so high. And when you choose not so high, then in the next minute you get to choose again. And you can hang on to the not so high until you recognize or say, this isn't working for me. And then you go with what Brian just shared. 
then give it up. Fall back into the arms of God, of love. Go inside and breathe. And breathe it all out. And I'm releasing. I'm right now breathing in. And I like to sip breathe. I know Brian does a full breath. I like to sip breathe. And the reason I do is because I don't like that strangulation feeling. I'm holding my breath. And so I sip breathe all the way up to the top. And I'm releasing this person's pain to the world, to the universe, to love. And it can stay there unless she invites it back. I will tell you, my friends, 99.9% of the time, people invite it back because they feel more comfortable out of peace, in discord, in discomfort, in dis-ease than they feel in peace, in neutrality, in union with love. So I invite the listener to call in at 646-595-3584 if you want to talk more directly about what's going on in your life. That's okay, you can do it. And if you don't, that's okay too. We're sending you love and peace. All of our listeners are still joined together in a circle of love. A circle that is dominated by our divinity. And you will recognize your connection to God when you find the energy, the strength to look past the bad hand that you believe God has ended you and look at the glistening beauty around you in this moment. And this moment is all we have to live. If you look at sci-fi, end in a second because a meteor could hit our small planet. And how do you want to go out? Me, I choose peace. Rather than milling around it, I choose to invite it into my and I also recognize our listener has already invited her discord back. But I encourage you to let it go and let God. What's the harm? There's nothing to lose in it. Jean-Paul Sartre, an ex-existentialist, once said, If there is a God, and I believe in God, that's great. If there is a God, I don't believe in God, that's not so good. If there is no God, and I believe in God, that's great. It looks like the cards are in favor of believing, my friends. It gives you peace now as you're existing in this moment. Once again, the call-in number is 646-595-3584. And um, thank you. And I sense you would like to speak. You have some things to share. Yes, I do. And I want to 
thank you so much for that once again. You brought up so many wonderful points. And one thing that I want to speak on now is that wonderful word that you said that isn't so wonderful to experience, but yet is very wonderful to realize. And that is, you use the word dis-ease. And of course, if we put a hyphen in between there and see it as dis-ease, as in not at ease, that is where disease stems from. When we are not comfortable in our center, in our peace. And as you mentioned, there are so many times in our life that we are actually, ironically, more comfortable in disease, dis-ease, than we are comfortable in going into that place of unknown. Like the wonderful example of when I first came on the air and before doing that meditation, I offered to you extending this show for half an hour. And your initial response was one of uncertainty. But you quickly said, okay, I accept. And we could say that you stretched your boundaries of where you would feel comfortable normally. And now you can see, here we are in this wonderful place. And if I were to ask you now, if you'd want to extend the show, I'm sure you'd be more than willing to do so. And yes. it's about pushing those boundaries sometimes and stepping out into that unknown to where we can actually get out of that dis-ease. And even though it might feel even more scary than where we're at, once we get there, we'll, we could say we'd never go back. And so as we spend our t time and we desire to spend our time in our center and doing things that are beneficial for us, if you will, that we don't always think to ourselves as being a beneficial thing, but we accept it and we do it, then we find ourselves at more peace and more ease. And then when you are at ease, things correct themselves. And that's when healing can take place, when we are comfortable. Many times when people have life-threatening illnesses or surgeries and they're recovering or they tell them that you've only got so long to live, the doctor always tells them, do whatever it is that you feel most comfortable. And so sometimes people can, when they're not feeling so well, can go on a plane flight to some country that they've never been to, that they've wanted to go to. And although it's a task to get there, when they finally get there, they feel such peace and such gratitude for being able to be there at that moment. And a lot of times people can come back healed in a way and feel better because they went and did something that they've been holding themselves back from for so long, for whatever reasons that they're holding themselves back from it. And as they now ventured beyond their comfort zone, if you will, to get to that place and being there 
and now experiencing that place on the inside as they go about their daily lives. It's always a wonderful experience. But it takes that initial desire to step out from what you think is going to be uncomfortable and then finding that it's the place you've always wanted to be. And that's an important first step to finding your peace, to finding your place of ease and well-being. Yes, yes, and and I encourage you to not judge another's place of peace as, you know, inadequate or as lacking. And I think we all fall, fall victim to that at times because we are part of the human spirit is a level of competitiveness, and when it's grounded, this belief that there isn't enough, which obviously creates competitiveness, um, there there tends to be a judgment. And I, I'd like to share, I know so many of you may have heard this story before, but, but you may not have, and I'd like to share with you a beautiful story that the rabbi directed me to when I was, when I thought, um, I, I sat in church, in a Christian church, for most of my adult life, I was the youth minister. I was very active in the church, pastor parish, all the kinds of things that that should have given me that sense of peace. And I think I've said on the air before that I was a liturgist on Sundays, and I would find that about halfway through the sermon, every Sunday, I'm getting a horrific migraine headache. Just gigantic thought my head was going to explode off of my shoulders. And and I would stay, but then when the service was over, I would quickly leave to go home because I would be coming back at night to be the youth minister, and I'd get rid of the headache. Interestingly, as the youth minister, I didn't have that headache, but I did have questions from the children, including especially the pastor's children, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it always interested me because my senses came more from love than they did from a sense of the Bible, although I've known the Bible since I was forever. It just seems to be in my mind. It's embedded in my genetic structure. And um, and we would talk about these things. And I loved that part. But the Sunday mornings were like gagging me. And finally, when I decided that I could no longer do this, not because I thought there was anything wrong with my church. I love the Methodist faith. If it wasn't for that, I would not be someone who's as introspective about every moment as I am. Uh, you know, John Wesley uh the reason we're called Methodist is John Wesley had a book and he kept, tra- kept track of every single second or every minute of his day in this book because he knew that he needed to keep his eye on whom? Himself and what he was doing. His life choices. And, and really implicit in keeping track of each minute was the idea that each minute is what we have right now. So growing up with that kind of spirit, I've always 
believed that God forgave me for choices I made that weren't uh, necessarily my highest self. So I left the church, and uh, I thought I had a friend who was Jewish. He was an Orthodox Jew. And I said, well, maybe the answer is in Judaism. Maybe you should go back to the real source of Christianity. You know, Christianity is a sect of Judaism, just like Buddhism is a sect of Hinduism. So I uh, started sitting with this Orthodox rabbi, and the first time I sat down with him, I loved it. Rabbi Tessler, his eyes twinkled, and he said to me um, that uh, he really is not supposed to be alone with a woman. And I was very young at that point, but he wasn't supposed to be uh, alone with a woman, but at his age, it didn't matter. And it it was just such a charming man. His eyes were beautiful blue and twinkled. And I could tell you immense stories of of just love that went on and getting to see him. I loved that. So in any event, (coughs) he led me to a series of as well as, as working with me. And one story has captured my heart and stayed with me. Actually, two. Two stories, um, each of them different. One of them having to do with suffering, such as our listeners experiencing today. And it's a story, I may not have the names exactly right, call the person who is supposedly suffering Ishmael. And the person who is coming to see him, the merchant, I will call uh, Jacob. Jacob went to his rabbi and he said, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. Now, you need to know about Jacob. Jacob was a very wealthy merchant. He was very successful. His life was good. It had all of the physical, physical issues that he should be at peace. It was perfect, exactly what someone would manifest for themselves. And he said, Rabbi, I, I don't know how to deal with the suffering that is assaulting in life. There is just so much suffering, and I don't know how to handle it. I have such anguish inside of me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And the rabbi looked at him and wisely said, Jacob, I can't tell you how to deal with with suffering, but I know someone who can. I think you should go visit Ishmael. Ishmael is a master at dealing with suffering. Ishmael is a rabbi of suffering. And Jacob says, when, when, where can I go? And he said, the rabbi simply walk down this road till you come to the edge of town. And Ishmael will be there on your right. And so Jacob, I mean, he gave no time. He went lickety-split right down that road. And he came, and as he got to the edge of town, he looked to his right, expecting to seek a wonderful mansion for this brilliant rabbi of suffering and he saw a disabled woman moving around with great difficulty he saw a hovel he saw children everywhere and he walked up to this 
unkept man, and he said, I'm looking for Ishmael. Do you know, can you give me directions on how to find him? Thinking that, of course, this man had to be Ishmael's servant. And the man looked at him and said, My name is Ishmael. Why are you looking for me? And Jacob was very taken aback. And he blurted out the simple truth. The rabbi sent me to you. And Ishmael looked at him, and and his face got very red, and his eyes troubled, and he said, The rabbi sent you to me? Jacob said, Yes. Ishmael said, Okay, let's talk. And so they're talking about, you know, what Ishmael is doing, his struggling garden, his house falling down, and how he hopes to, you know, shore it up in places, his children running around between them. It's a very, very, what some would consider chaotic situation. But Ishmael and this very finely clothed man sat there and talked just about Ishmael's life. And as the sun started to come down, Ishmael's wife came to the front door and she said, dinner is ready. And Ishmael looked at Jacob, and Jacob thought that he was going to have to leave. And Ishmael said, come join us. And he did. And they walked into this hovel that was such a small area in which there was only one chair. And the children were sitting around the table clamoring for food, clamoring. The wife was standing off to the side, ready to set a pot down. The chair was empty, obviously, where Ishmael normally sat. And Ishmael bowed to Jacob and asked his new kind friend to sit in that seat. And Ishmael sat on the ground with his children. And his wife came, and before she sat, she put bread on the table and a pot that had one potato in the middle and potato broth around it. And everyone at that table was looking at that potato ravenously. And the guest was served first. And the wife picked out the potato and put it into a bowl and handed the potato soup to Jacob, the guest. Bread was passed around, the potato broth was passed around, and everybody ate like they had never seen food before. And Jacob embarrassingly ate the potato. The meal is over. Everybody is standing up. They walk outside. And suddenly Ishmael can stand it no longer. And he turns to Jacob and he says, Can you tell me, why did the rabbi send you to me? And Jacob turned and looked at Ishmael deep into his eyes and said, so that you could teach me about suffering. Ishmael was totally taken back. He looked at Jacob and he said, suffering? What do I about suffering. 
I have a beautiful family. I have a lovely house, a gorgeous wife. I am able to work and tend my garden. And I was able to have a new friend come for supper. And we had food to share. So I know nothing of suffering. And that is the lesson of peace, my friends. We need to appreciate what is in our life and not judge other people by what is in their lives. Wonderful story. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. We can all experience the most wonderful joy, the most wonderful peace by just being thankful for what we have in our lives. There are so many times where our pain and suffering, in fact, this is where pain and suffering comes from. The fact that somehow in our minds we have put a picture up that says life is supposed to look like this. And when it doesn't match that picture, that's when we are upset. And if we let that picture of what life is supposed to look like, then we would experience nothing but gratitude. Because if we didn't have any expectation for what life was supposed to be, and we accepted and enjoyed everything that we had, then we could never suffer. We could never think to ourselves, I should have more, or I should have different. And all those experiences come about from our judgment, just like you said, of looking at what other people have and deciding for them, if you will, that they should have that or that they shouldn't have that. And we always come up with those judgments based on if we should have that or shouldn't have that. And if we let all that go and just look at everything we have around us, and for anybody who listens to this show right now, chances are you have a computer. And chances are that computer is plugged into an outlet in a home somewhere, which means you have a roof above your head and electricity that gets sent to this home and so on and so forth that I can speak on of the things that you have that are a wonderful experience and is called for and deserves our gratitude and appreciation for. And I can tell you, the more that we are appreciative of what it is that we have, the less time we will spend thinking about what we don't have. And eventually, we will make a shift inside of ourselves to where we no longer spend time thinking about what we don't have. Because as we give our attention to what it is that we do have, if you try to spend the rest of this day 
looking around your entire life and noticing everything individually, one piece at a time, and we're thankful for it, I guarantee you, you would spend the rest of this day searching around for everything that you do have, and you wouldn't have one second of free time to think about what you didn't have. That's how full our lives are. We could spend a whole day full of appreciation for what we have. And if we just choose to give our attention to those things and to the awareness of our riches, then we would never know suffering. We would never know pain. And we'd always be at peace. And I, I, I'd like to draw your attention. I know some of you are probably Christian, some are not, but I think uh, if we can look past uh, Jesus as being the leader of the Christian church to a very, very uh, important messenger, uh, it's, it's somewhat leveling to listen to the Beatitudes that were given at the Sermon on the Mount it's especially leveling if you think that only part of humanity is loved by God. Because one of the things about Jesus, oh, what a beautiful light, is that his message was full of love. And if you listen to the message with love in your heart and you look at the plain words, now understand they were written about 600 years after he died. So they weren't written by people who heard but nevertheless, they carried on in such a way that they have divine inspiration, that they show us that God loves everyone. We can start with Corinthians, where we are of the body and the body is one. I don't think Jesus was meaning that we were all Christians, because there wasn't a Christian church then. He was saying that we are all connected together. And if you listen to the Beatitudes, listen to the first one, the number one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My friends, doesn't that say to you, people who don't believe who don't feel what we feel, who don't reach out and hold the hand of God, they'll go where? Home to heaven. It sets aside a huge fear, a huge block to peace. One of the greatest blocks is when I talk to people face to face, they say, I've got to follow these rules. I've got to do exactly this, and if I don't, then I am doomed. My Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. People want to start deeper in. They want to forget the first one. They want to 
blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Yes. And I sense someone out there is mourning. I sense that's the pain that I feel. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. You can look them up yourself. I don't need to go forward because I need to talk about mourning. When I said that I had only two stories that touched me so deeply, I carry them with me still. The second one has to do with mourning. And I may have told you before, but my guides are telling me that my friend out there whose heart is so broken was carrying her pain so deeply needs to hear this story. Remember, we are the body and the body is one. Jacob and Ruth wanted a baby more than anything in the world. They prayed night and day that they would be given a baby. And one day, the archangel appeared before them and said, You are going to have a baby. And they rejoiced because they did. They had the most beautiful baby boy you have ever seen in your life. He had deep blue eyes like the ocean or the sea. His hair was curly and it was red and he was a beautiful baby. And he hungrily ate at his mother's breast and grew large. And he lovely. He brought such joy into their house that as he moved from room to room, their house lit up with the light of his being. And they knew, yes, that this baby was special. It was special because it was their baby, but it was beautiful. And everyone loved this baby. And one day, the baby suddenly became ill. And he quickly died in his mother's arms. Jacob and Ruth turned their backs on God. How could God give them the joy of this baby and take it away from them? be so mean-spirited, unloving. It would be better to not have had the child. And when the archangel appeared before them to explain, they turned their backs on him. They did not want to hear his words. They did not want to hear God's reasoning. They were done with and the archangel said, let me tell you about your son. Your son 
held the soul man that had lived every part of life. A beautiful, beautiful spirit. Every part but one. He had never chuckled at the breast of a Jewish mother. No, he is complete. The soul has experienced every experience there is to experience. And he is at home. We don't know about anything in life but our own conduct, my friends. Ruth and Jacob loved their baby. Their baby loved them. And through living with them, he had the last experience that his soul needed in order to be content and free of the human experience. No more desire to experience. My friend, I felt your chest ease a little. Your baby is a saint at home now. All is well. All is well. One of the most beautiful souls that have ever lived the earth. A pure embodiment of love. What an honor to touch lives like that. And now may I dare to just to all of our listeners that that is true about you. You are each an embodiment of love. And it is an honor to touch your lives. Thank you. Thank you, Mara. Wonderful. So true. And that reminds me of a song. And I don't remember who the who sings it or even the name of the song at the moment. But it, there's a lyric in it that basically says, I'd rather have had the experience with you and gone through the pain than not had the experience in the first place. And although there are situations in our lives that when they end, they can be so painful, at the same time, we can, when we really look at it, realize that we are so grateful for it because we expanded in our experience of ourself and our experience of what life truly is through this relationship, through this experience. And when we can mourn for a time and then look back on the good time and the lessons learned, if you will, and have the appreciation for the experience in our life, we can see that every experience that we have and every relationship that enters our life 
is a glorious one. And no matter how they end, no matter what circumstances or situations and the relationship, it's always better experience than not started in the first place. Yes. Yes, that's true. That's beautiful. I'd rather dance than, I'd rather have the dance than not. Yes. That is, that is so true. You're absolutely right. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Wow, this has been an interesting dialogue today, Bri. It really has. Yes, it has. It's um, milling around peace. When my guide suggested that topic, I I kind of thought of like milling around a party. That tends to be me. You know, I'm 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 painfully shy, and I don't know how to move in and talk to people. Even though I don't think it is the people don't want to talk to me, but I'm so shy. I probably create like a barrier around, barrier, excuse me, around myself. And um, that's what I thought of when I heard that topic was, wow, how often do we satisfy ourselves with just three deep breaths and we're done? That level of peace and not take time. And it's so beautiful that you suggested we add time today. <laughs> and and it was certainly a momentous topic. I think it, it warranted more time, and I'm glad that you suggested that. I really am. We've got just a few minutes left. Uh, if you'd like to call in again at 646 595 We have selected a topic next week already too for those of you it's it's unusual the one of the nice things about this this approach uh the long time is it gives us a chance to not just rush through and as i said at the very beginning there the topic is so interlinked now that i look at this the topic that i was uh is interlinked with the topic we're doing now because we're delivering such a simple message and all of the words have already been said. We're not out there trying to be a revival show. We know that uh, the words have been said, but we're trying to give you basic, practical discussions so that you can come to know the peace that we enjoy. And also we're trying to be honest about our humanity without judgment. And uh, the topic next week is, do you have the courage to lead with love? very definitely connected to where we are today. And uh, do you? I, I'm, it will be very interesting to hear your input next week. Uh, the uh, Friday show for me will be on part uh, section two, chapter two, phrase two, and uniquely created divinely inspired you. Uh, blame does not resolve problems. Uh, and... Uh, there's no need to explain, and that's going to be part of our uh, meditations. And what's your show about next week on Saturday, Brian? I never know until the day of. Okay, I just have a, a 
<laughs> I just have a generalized um, name that I give the the show, which is Christ Conscious Communications. And then I always go into meditation before the show to get the subject matter to be spoke about. And then I speak about that. And I always open up the phone lines for any callers who would like to call in and and ask any questions. And I offer my um, connection with my center to them. And from that always comes clarity. So usually when someone calls in, and I usually get a caller or two, when they do, I if they, their question is usually right on point with the subject matter that I'm speaking about. So I'm always so amazed and um, have appreciation for that. And so I just kind of go where the wind takes me as it takes me. Yes, yes, it's interesting. They're now telling us. Did you, did you hear that 90 seconds? No, I didn't hear that. Okay, so it's just coming through to me. Okay, because just go, <laughs> okay, 90 seconds until the end of the show. That, you know, that's good. And I think synchronicity, the coincidence, is is just the hand of love in mm-hmm. our lives. It's It's really beautiful. It really is. Well, my friends, we're down to the last few seconds. I've play our happy music for at least a minute of it. I'm going to send you uh, good wishes, and I'm going to play myself, Hello Love. Brian, I'm going to play it low enough that you can speak over it. Peace be with you all. Namaste. Thank you, Mara. Thank you, listeners. It's been a wonderful show. We've been speaking about peace. And as we've said many times over the show, in many different ways, peace is an inside job, if you will. And all you have to do is connect with the peace on the inside and it will radiate out and be experienced on the outside. So with that in mind, journey into peace. You all, namaste. Namaste. Remember, it's a work in progress. Trying. Peace be with you. <laughs>